You're listening to WCAT Radio, your home for authentic Catholic programming. Hello, seekers of Jesus. This is Romal Simeon. The book is The Gospel of John, Lecture Divina, the Bible, Love Letters from Your Father. How in every chapter, in meditating on the Gospel of John, we see how Jesus is the message and the messenger telling us about his nature, the Father, the Messiah, and how he came into our life to become our constant Savior and gate to heaven. We are now in chapter 20 of John and we're just going to give the first verse. It's because there's we have to understand what is going on and the details. Jesus had been taken down from the cross and hurriedly prepared for burial. The garden tomb of Calvary at Calvary, only about 50 feet away from the place where Jesus was crucified, was the place where they laid his body and buried him. Normally this is not what would happen to someone who would be crucified. The Romans normally left persons on the cross for the bodies to be devoured by birds, by animals. They leave that body on the cross naked to corrupt, to disintegrate. It was not to be given to the family, didn't belong to anybody. It was completely exposed, it was completely eliminated. Not just we put a body in the in the grave and we forget it or we have it as a remembrance, a memorial. Our way is so different. With the Romans there was a complete elimination. Name forgotten, time forgotten, incident forgotten. Just destroyed. But here, something happened different from Jesus. As predicted, the body was taken down from the cross. He was shown to be dead. And there, the great difference here was Joseph of Arimathea. He, who had been like a closet 
disciple of Jesus, a member of the Sanhedrin, a wealthy man, a powerful man, took it upon himself, inspired, of course, as we can see by the Holy Spirit, to go to Pilate, not to have Jesus on that cross eliminated, disintegrating, or thrown into the garbage pit of Gehenna and burnt. He had concern, a Jewish concern for the dead person. Even though in the law of Moses it says who dies on the tree is accursed to be could be forgotten. But Joseph goes to Pilate. He goes across the city of Jerusalem to the Antonia and mentions it to Pilate and tells him that he wants the body of Pilate who had been given in, who had given in to Caiaphas and ordered a crucifixion, was disturbed. He had been taken in. He had been forced to crucify Jesus. Not that he was not guilty, because he had declared Jesus to be innocent. He should have released him. But he didn't have the courage to do it because he was threatened with his own life, with his own position. If the Jews had rebelled and caused a, a great riot, a million Jews there for the Passover, how could he suppress it? How could he explain it to the emperor? They said, remember that they had declared for Caesar. They declared loyalty to Caesar. We have no king but Caesar. Let this man, this one who claims to be Messiah, be crucified. Cast him away. So, Pilate, fulfilling the prophecy, gave the body to to Joseph of Arimathea who brought it then went to the back to Calvary now had permission to take down the body of Jesus and put it in his own tomb not given to the family given to Joseph Mary could not take the body. Forbidden to be given to the family, to be honored. Joseph took that body, and he and Nicodemus, and probably John, the beloved, prepared the body of Jesus. Nicodemus went and got a hundred pounds of aloes and mare 
to preserve the body of Jesus. And the linen cloth, the shroud, they wrapped him up. They had to do it in a hurry. Jesus died at three o'clock and the body had to be buried and done away with by sundown. Well, he did it in a hurried way. Wash his body. Take him from the arms of his mother. Bury him. And while he was doing that, the Pharisees and the scribes and Caiaphas were disturbed. Hey, he he said he was going to re resurrect in three days. Oh, now they were worried about that prophecy. Before they had said to condemn him that he was going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in ten days. In three days, rather. But now they understood he could very easily have meant and they believed that he didn't mean it of his own body that the temple he may have gestured this temple if this temple if you you just kill it you will just be resurrected the sign of Jonas that's the sign that's going to be given to you Jonas resurrecting from death from the belly of fish resurrect from the belly of the earth. Well, he says, he had said this several times to his disciples, more than once. They were not going to let anything happen to that. So they went to Pilate and said, you know, we should not have given him the Joseph the, the body to be buried in the tomb supposed to be destroyed, supposed to be corrupted, he's supposed to be eliminated. That's what we said to crucify him, to get rid of him, so we'd know everyone would forget about him, and no one would know anything about him anymore. His disciples are dispersed, we'll take care of them. What if they come now and take his body out of the tomb and say he's resurrected? They create a rumor. Of course, they can't prove it. But they create a rumor. And then we'd be undisturbed because these people are gullible. So he says, guard the tomb. Make sure that no one takes it. He says, not only that, you have a guard. You have the limited guards of the temple. They're soldiers. Post them. And I'll set my seal on that tombstone, on that, well, sort of a, a millstone that they rolled in front of the door of a tomb. It was carved into the hillside, into rock. And no one can disturb it because if anyone breaks that seal, you or anyone else, you'll have to answer with their own lives for the disappearance of that body. That was the situation. 
What day was it? Day after the celebration of Passover. Now what happened? Everything was steady. The disciples, the, the apostles were all hiding, still worried that they might be killed, they might be involved. But there was one woman who didn't give up and didn't give in. Mary Magdalene. The one that Jesus had saved from being stoned to death. One who had become faithful. Who had become prostitute, had become virginal. Became like a daughter. Joined up with the Virgin Mary. And was at the cross. Caressing his feet. Loyal to the very end. Oh, let's look into Mary Magdalene. She couldn't sleep after Jesus was buried. The others were, others were hiding, were ignoring the situation. No one else seemed to be interested. It was over with. Maybe they had forgotten that Jesus said he was going to resurrect. Mary had to wait after the Passover. They're not allowed to go to a tomb. You're not allowed to go and pray Kaddish over a body to mourn. She was heartbroken. We don't know whether or not she remembered anything about his resurrection. Probably not. The situation seems to declare that she also had forgotten those predictions if she had heard them at all. All she knew was that Jesus was buried and his body was not properly prepared. It was a rush job. Saturday, Passover festival was not really over. The Passover itself was. So, he could go to a tomb. But the city was still rejoicing for eight days of Passover. But her focus and her concern was only on Jesus. You can see that with her devotion and her love, she jumped to fill the gap. She decided another Mary to go to the tomb. Nothing could stop her. Just look at we're gonna detail this act of Mary Magdalene almost to distraction.
she couldn't sleep. She was concerned, at least, if he died and was buried, have some decency. Do it properly. It wasn't done properly. It was done in a hurry. All right, they wrapped him up in the shroud. They closed the tomb. They gave some kind of a cleansing. But the Jewish law talks about very extreme cleansing of blood from a corpse. Dressing it in a shroud for burial. Decent. They had done that with the linen cloth. But was it properly done? She was very concerned. The hastiness was very disturbing to her. There was no detail. He was cast away. At least not destroyed but there's no just like an animal she was very anxious removal of the spikes from his feet and hands all that bleeding taken away out of Mary's arms as a mother. She had to stand aside. The Virgin Mary had to stand aside. And so, Magdalene wanted to perform the mourning to completion. You know, she didn't think things through too well. There's a lot of confusion in what she had done. See, sort of, we say, play it by ear. What in the world could she do? There were soldiers guarding the tomb. Levites making sure that no one go through it. It was sealed with the seal of the, the governor of Pilate, she had no idea what to expect. It's, it's a, like a, if anyone would give her any advice, say, Mary, forget it. Even if they thought he was going to resurrect, let, let it happen. There's nothing you can do. But she saw herself as family. Everything had been cut off. No mourning, no ritual. They had to leave him there. See, he buried like a dog. His bed just like thrown away. Pagan style. Just a piece of meat. No, she would not allow that. When you really love someone, 
when you really are devoted. He put himself out for her. She could see what he had done on that fateful day of Good Friday, Black Friday. Look at the good things that he had done. He gave forgiveness to all of those that had crucified him. The good thief was promised paradise for recognizing that Jesus was innocent and saying it when he saw the crowds attacking Jesus. And he turned to the other thief, a companion thief on the cross and say, we suffer properly for what we have done, but he is innocent. He says he's the son of God. To read it there on the cross, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Lord, I'm not saying that you take me down from this cross, but you are the innocent one. We deserve what we're getting. Jesus says to him, this day you will be with me in paradise. Completely exonerated. Completely freed. For your heart. It says, Lord, forgive me. I did not know what I was doing. But now I know. for one act of true faith the good thief was saved Mary saw that too she probably wept with gratitude that someone there recognized Jesus and that's the end of the centurion it says this man surely was the Son of God. The thunder, the lightning. He was impressed. Not more, more, no more than Mary was. What would she do? The soldiers, the Roman soldiers ran away from the crucifixion. The centurion went and assured Pilate, that Jesus was dead and he had put a lance into his side. You know, sometimes we say to people that do an heroic thing and they say, why did you do it? Why did you go, fireman, why did you go into the fire to risk yourself to save that baby? Sometimes they risk themselves to save a pet dog. And they just answered one thing all the time. It was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. And that's what Mary is saying. She's shocked by Peter and the apostle. She saw his betrayal. He wasn't there at the cross. Just John the Evangelist. 
All the others were gone. They locked themselves in the upper room. She sure knew that. She found that out after Good Friday. She was encouraged by the good examples she had seen from the good thief and from the centurion, but shocked by the example of the so-called good people, the people that had been with him, with Jesus, for three years and saw his miracles and witnessed everything. Even one of the apostles, she found out, Thomas, even actually left Jerusalem, ran off. He didn't take any chances of being caught. He was missing. the one who embraced the feet of Jesus saw all the horrors of his death and wanted to do the right thing. Peter was a quaking rock. Jesus called him a rock. A quaking rock. He was like sand, all the others, Matthew, the wealthy one, the one that had been ignored by the people and given status as a Jew with Jesus. James, the one who said he would want to be at the right hand of Jesus when he came into his kingdom had his mother go there and plead for him and try to con Jesus to give the first place in the kingdom to her son. The zealot, the zealot, Simon the zealot, who was so intent on getting rid of the Romans and restoring the Jews ready to maybe even die like the Maccabees. He was scared. He left Jesus. All the people that pretended to be brave, all cowering behind a bolted door. You can see that the Magdalene could see that she had to go alone. She could not depend on anyone. She was a woman determined. A woman determined. She had to go it alone. Sometimes in this life, we are a majority of one. Don't count numbers. Don't count how many million Christians there are, many billions there are. That's what they have the saints. Among them, who's really a saint? Who really stands by Jesus Christ? Who's sick and thin? Whatever, wherever it leads. Wherever it leads. This is what Mary is doing. Wherever it leads. 
she would not give in. She's the majority of one here on this day. What kind of strength that we need to do God's work? We said before, what permission do we need to do God's work? Whose permission do we need? God's. So whose strength do we need to stand up to the whole world, to Satan himself, to do witness for Jesus? This is what we're talking about here. The great witness, the great human witness. I'm not saying about the Virgin Mary. She witnessed everything. But the human witness of a sinner a former sinner Jesus is her strength you see here's so many hymns that say that Jesus is our best friend that he is our strength and then when the time comes to witness for him we came in How much she would have wept. Say that St. Francis wept thinking about Jesus and his death. She wept and wept. The access to the tomb was insurmountable. Insurmountable. How would she ever, this is what her thoughts were, going to the tomb. Oh, she can't roll away the stone. She can't chase away the Levite soldiers. She maybe had some thoughts. Think maybe since they're Jews, I could persuade them. If they saw my devotion and my witness, I'll ask. I'll try. Break the seal of the empire put there by Pilate. Death, if you touch it, try to pull it away. They kill her on the spot. No reason, no excuses. Total focus. Three things. Go. See and do. Act. That's all. That's what Jesus asks of every one of us. Go. When he tells us to go and witness. Go. See what's in front of you. See. Find the sinner. Find the person who needs to be saved. Find the person who needs Jesus as you need him. Just don't take him for yourself. Pass it on. Pass on the good news. Do it. No matter what we say or how 
we get encouraged, we find out that we don't have strength, courage, or interest. We have every interest to do things for ourselves. Our every interest to do the seven capital sins. Seek our own interest. We work hard at that. And people in this world are considered marvelous because they have that initiative and they become wealthy and powerful. These are the people we put in monuments. These are people we raise statues to. These are people that we proclaim. Those that have the courage to go into battle and to die and give their life for their country. But here is the courage of a woman that Jesus had converted. He says, love to the end. People make this particular commitment in their marriages, in their families, to their nation, to themselves. And where does it end? Mary goes into the garden. And lo and behold, the impossible is not only possible, it's actual. The stone is rolled away. The soldiers are gone. The seal and the cord that is with that seal flapping in the wind. As she looks, only one thing, she goes to the tomb to take care of the body of Jesus and it's gone. It's not there. The tomb is empty. She looks around. It's empty. There's no one there. There's no one there she could talk to. No one she can contact. It's empty. No one is there. Soldiers are gone. People are gone. And the tomb is empty. What's her first concern? The Lord, where have they taken him? He's gone. I want to take care of him. I want to find him. Someone has taken that body away. She turns around and runs through the streets of Jerusalem to announce it, to get help from the apostles. Runs to the supper room and bangs on the door. It's Mary, it's Mary, Mary. What is it? I went to the tomb. It's empty. It's Jesus is gone. Come, let us try to find out what they've done to him. What has happened to him. Seek the Lord. And he will be found. Brothers and sisters, 
meditate on this very first verse. Mary Magdalene, a former sinner, saved by Jesus. He saved us. He saved you. He saved me. Whatever sins we have committed, He's forgiven us. We have such love. Do we have such witness? Their whole intent was, I need help. He's gone. Let's find out what has happened. She only could think of these people who have run away from Jesus. Back to John, the disciple. He's he was courageous enough to stay at the cross. Sure, she wanted to go and tell the Virgin Mary, but not yet. Because we don't know where he is. We don't know where he is. The fathers of the church believed that Jesus, at this moment, was with his mother. Who else? The one who gave her all to be the handmaid of, the God, of God. The one who was closest to him. And that's where he was at this moment with Mary to let her know where he was. Because when people cannot find Jesus, there's one place which can always find him. With his Father, Father in heaven, with his mother. Let's meditate on that moment. And I say, I'll pray this for you. Please pray for me. God bless. Hello, God's beloved. I'm Annabelle Mosley, author, professor of theology, and host of Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. I invite you to listen in and find inspiration along this sacred journey we're traveling together to make our lives a masterpiece and, with God's grace, become saints. Join me, Annabelle Mosley, for Then Sings My Soul and Destination Sainthood on WCAT Radio. God bless you. Remember, you're never alone. God is always with you. To a production of WCAT Radio, please join us in our mission of evangelization. And don't forget, love lifts up where knowledge takes flight.